0: I'm Benita Lee, and this is How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show. Today is Tuesday, December 14th, 2021.
1: Coming up in this week's show, we're focusing on the fentanyl epidemic that's sweeping the nation and not sparing Boulder County. We talked with some local experts about the drug. First, some talking points about the problem in Boulder.
0: drug experts say that opioid addiction is an equal opportunity problem. It can affect people of different races, different socioeconomic backgrounds, and different ages. The synthetic opioid fentanyl is no exception. It's found across the nation and here in Boulder County, and it's deadly. The Colorado Sun, a local newspaper, has been tracking fentanyl overdose deaths in Boulder County and recently reported a total of 19 fatalities in the last nine months. Just a few years ago, there were about 100 fentanyl deaths in the entire state. This year, fentanyl has caused over 600 deaths in Colorado, and that's only the data available through August. It takes just two grains of fentanyl comparable in size to two grains of salt, to kill someone. Fentanyl is added to street drugs that are shaped and stamped to look exactly like legal prescription opioids, such as oxycodone. And the drug cartels do not care about the precision of dosage. Fentanyl is cheap to produce and cheap for the drug user to buy. Someone looking to increase their high or to experiment with the intoxicating feelings of an opioid for the first time can be just $8 away from death. As you'll hear in our
1: interview, fentanyl causes an opiate type of overdose. These are most common and are much more likely to cause death than stimulant overdoses because opiates affect the body's ability to breathe. Narcan is a drug that can quickly and safely reverse an overdose from opioids like fentanyl. Boulder County Public Health is working to train members of the community who are at high likelihood of being in the presence of someone who might overdose. This drug can save lives. It's available over-the-counter at drugstores, and Boulder County is providing it to trained groups for free. We'll put the link for Narcan information in the show notes. You can search for it on the Boulder County website. Professor Robert Valick has studied the pharmacology of various drugs of abuse, including fentanyl and other opiates. He's also the founding director of the Center for Pharmaceutical Outcomes Research at the School of Pharmacy in Denver. From 2013 to 2019, Dr. Valick was the director of the Colorado Consortium for Prescription Drug Abuse Prevention, created by Governor John Hickenlooper to address the prescription drug abuse problem in Colorado with a collaborative statewide approach. He's deeply concerned about the widespread use, or abuse of fentanyl. Welcome to the show, Rob. I'm speaking with Dr. Rob Valick, who works at the Anschutz CU Medical School. And we're going to be talking about the basic biology of fentanyl. That's the drug that is causing so much grief in Boulder and across the nation these days. So thanks for talking, Rob.
2: Happy to be with you, Beth.
1: So what exactly does fentanyl do to the brain and to the body?
2: Fentanyl is just a, a really very potent opioid. So it does the same things to the body that, that, that weaker or, uh, you know, less potent opioids, like people would be familiar with, um, hydrocodone that's in Vicodin, a very commonly prescribed, uh, pain reliever, uh, or even more potent oxycodone, which would be in something like Oxycontin or Percodan or Percocet, a little bit stronger pain reliever. Uh, it acts in the same way. It's just much more potent than those other drugs. So it's a, a question of strength rather than how it works that differentiates fentanyl from oxycodone or hydrocodone. It's really super strong and it acts and, and dissipates really fast. So it has a very fast onset of action and get, you know it, it does its thing very quickly and it does it very potently.
1: Okay, so does it grab onto those opioid receptors really fast, but then detach pretty fast as well?
2: Exactly, it has a very fast onset of action and the fast, you know, the completion of action. So the the curve for this thing is just very quick pronounced relative to other opioids. Uh, It also has a stronger intensity for the effect that it produces during that time while it's sitting on the receptor. So there's both of those aspects of it, it's potency and affinity.
1: Okay, so people probably like the feelings that they get from it because of that um, intensity, but they, it's very easy to overdose because of its extreme affinity for the receptors.
2: Right, both those things lead to just those, those exact same things. There's a, a an intensity is higher, but also the, all of the effects are higher uh, and some of those effects aren't good.
1: Right, so let's get into some of those serious physiological effects. So you get a high because of the opiate receptors that make you feel good. What is it that causes the respiratory depression that can cause death?
2: Right, yeah, the opiate receptor, It's you know, the opioid itself, it's interesting. It doesn't in, in and of itself make you feel good. It's, it's also dopaminergic and it stimulates the release of dopamine and then glutamate which are both the feel-good receptor dopamine and uh or neurotransmitter dopamine and the reinforcing um Mm -hmm. neurotransmitter glutamate um, so the behavioral reinforcer so both of those get highly activated by opioids and more so by the more potent opioids Mm -hmm. so that happens on the bad side uh what happens is there are opioid receptors throughout your body uh, the ones that affect pain and euphoria are in your central nervous system, uh, and that's where it affects people's pain perception that we're, we're going for with pain relief, or the euphoria is also central nervous system mediated. But the problems that you see is because there are also opioid receptors on your heart and in your GI tract. So you can have annoying side effects that aren't particularly lethal, like constipation if you stimulate these opioid receptors and it actually slows down peristalsis and, and can cause people to have constipation. So it slows down your GI tract, but it also on your heart, it slows down your, your rest, your rate of, of cardiac contractility and your breathing. So it, it slows your respiration and it depresses some cardiac activity as well. So the opioid induced respiratory depression is the side effect that leads people to have serious and then lethal overdoses are because of that that particular side effect.
1: Right. Got it. Okay. So if you do take too much, if you can get through that initial period of the high attachment to the receptor, then because it lets go of the drug pretty fast, you could potentially survive. But if you just take too much, which it sounds like a lot of the pills that are available on the street now are just too much for most people and so it kicks them over the edge and their heart slows down and their breathing slows down and they end up dying because of the respiratory depression so what what kind of treatments will um alleviate or mitigate the high dose of fentanyl
2: sure there's there's two ways we approach it there's the short term keep somebody alive right now reverse this opioid-induced respiratory depression. That's the first thing we wanna do. And so we do that with a drug called naloxone. Uh, Naloxone is another very rapid acting, high affinity. In fact, it has the highest affinity of any opioid we know uh, uh, is naloxone. And it basically goes into your system and will kick anything else off of the opioid receptor, Because it it has the strongest affinity for the Mm -hmm. receptor. So it displaces fentanyl or oxycodone or hydrocodone or heroin or whatever might be there and sits on that opioid receptor, but it's called a pure antagonist or a blocker. So it sits on the receptor, but exerts no pharmacologic effect whatsoever. Oh. All it does is occupies the receptor and blocks something. Whereas drugs like fentanyl or oxycodone, hydrocodone, those are agonists. So they go to the receptor And they agonize or create some sort of activity, which is sometimes good for pain response, you know, pain response, or sometimes bad because it agonizes this respiratory depression. So the naloxone comes in, kicks those drugs off, sits on the receptor, and allows those other effects to stop happening. So respiratory depression stops, your breathing comes back up your cardiac response comes back up. People come just sit sit up awake. And it happens within a few seconds of administering naloxone to somebody. If you give it to them intravenously, they'll respond in five or 10 seconds to administration of naloxone. You give it nasally and it has to get absorbed into your bloodstream through through the nasal passages. Even then, it's very fast. Within usually a minute or two, somebody responds and all of this overdose is reversed. And someone just sits up you know, almost abruptly, sits up out of nowhere and the opioids have been removed. The trouble is naloxone only lasts for a short amount of time. So if somebody has a high amount of an opioid in their system that has a longer duration of action and the antidote wears off, the opioids that are still floating around come back onto the receptors and then they can put you back into respiratory depression again. So you, we give naloxone as an emergency reversal drug. And then that's the first step in getting somebody to an emergency room and then into a, you know, into some sort of monitoring situation where they can ride through that and then hopefully be, be helped into treatment.
1: Right, right. So I take it that fentanyl is one of those drugs that is cleared really rapidly by some kind of action in the central nervous system, whereas other opioids might hang around for longer. And that's-
2: Exactly.
1: Okay. Okay. Fentanyl
2: is f- fentanyl's a very rapid acting agonist. Mm-hmm. Naloxone or Narcan is a very rapid acting antagonist. So they're like flip sides of the same, you know, right. the same coin. Very, very fast in what they do. They come on rapidly and they leave rapidly, but they're um, super potent uh, for, right. for good or bad. Right.
1: And does the naloxone also vacate the receptor quite fast?
2: It does. It also has very rapid um onset and duration of action so that's good because it'll really quickly reverse an overdose but it will also leave rel- relatively quickly usually in 30 to 60 minutes so if someone's got a window of time mm-hmm. to then see you know be transported to medical care is ordinarily the standard of care is to reverse someone with naloxone right. um, and whether it's a, a lay person or an ems or a sheriff's deputy or whoever might have performed that reversal get the person to an emergency room where they can then be stabilized for for several hours.
1: Right, right. And one final question about the mechanism. Is it known how it is that naloxone um, can kick out fentanyl or any other opiate and take its place?
2: Yes, it just simply has the strongest affinity for the opioid receptor of anything that we know. Okay. So it, it, it's particularly good to kick off all those. So it's it's very, very Ideally, you know, uh, 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 the properties of it are ideal for it being an antidote. Okay. It's the strongest; it has the strongest affinity, and it's 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 strong. But if the fentanyl dose gets high enough, it's a competitive situation, where if the fentanyl dose is high enough, naloxone has to be given at a commensurately higher dose. Right. So they're, right. they're creating newer strengths of naloxone now to give people more of it because fentanyl is becoming more prevalent. So we're having this situation where we're trying to dial up the dose of the naloxone right. or create an even more potent version. There's a new drug coming out called Nalmaphene. It's a, it's a naloxone analog. that's more potent that has oh, a higher receptor affinity and more potency to compete with fentanyl for reversing overdoses. Because now we're seeing people with more and more fentanyl, not just a, a little bit that might right. have been inadvertently in the heroin they were using, but someone who is either seeking fentanyl or there was even more of it that someone got a hold of for whatever reason, we have to have a stronger antidote. Sure,
1: sure. Yeah. So one final question: is fentanyl an example of a designer drug that was synthesized so as to be more potent than some of the existing opiates so that it could be given in smaller doses in a clinical situation?
2: Exactly. It was what was what happened. It was designed as a as a drug for given by anesthesiologists for surgical use. And that was what it was originally designed for was first perioperative pain management during surgical procedures, which you want somebody to have pain relief immediately. Like right now, I'm about to cut into this person as a surgeon. I want them to have pain relief on board that acts really quickly before I do it. But then when the surgery is over, I want that fentanyl to go away and be able to have them put on something that's not quite so strong because I'm not actually cutting into that person anymore right. so it's a, very, it's a very very good drug right around the surgical setting if you get it out of the surgical setting where you're not monitoring somebody and you're not under the care of an anesthesiologist is when it be- can become dangerous right um, right not properly
1: yeah and if you don't know you're even taking that you're not gonna try to calculate how much you should be taking and of course that's not something that people taking street drugs would ordinarily try to do anyways.
2: Right. And can't, you know, there's no better business bureau for street drugs. You know, you can't exactly exactly what is in it or exactly how much or exactly what potency is it. And things vary from batch to batch, from dealer to dealer, even within a dealer, batch to batch things vary. So there is no consistency in that um, you know, supply. So it's very difficult people have a moving target if someone's a, a, an injection drug user, if they have a moving target. And I think they would prefer to have something that's consistent. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, but it's very expensive or almost impossible to obtain.
1: Right, right, definitely. Well, Rob, thank you so much. This has been very useful and helpful. And I think this is a valuable source of information for our listeners
2: happy to be of help and I appreciate what uh, all you're doing to give coverage to this uh, important issue.
1: That was Professor Robert Valick of the School of Clinical Pharmacy and Director of the Center for Pharmaceutical Outcomes Research at the School of Pharmacy in Denver. We spoke about the ways fentanyl affects the brain and body and the importance of naloxone, brand name Narcan,
0: in treating overdoses. David Aleski, the acting special agent in charge of the Denver Bureau of the Drug Enforcement Administration, spoke with How on Earth about the sharp rise in fentanyl deaths in Colorado. He and his team and law enforcement officials across the state recently broke up a major drug ring in Denver and the metro areas. How did this drug bust compare with others in the past as far as the amounts of fentanyl? And what did that tell you about the distribution of fentanyl happening right now?
3: Well, this operation that you mentioned recently concluded in the last couple of weeks here it was an eight-month investigation with a number of our partners from the Denver Police Department, Arvada Police Department, Arapahoe and Douglas uh, County Sheriffs, HSI. And it touched upon you know, a number of cities and towns in the region we had indicted 19 individuals who were apprehended, who are part of a network based in Mexico and then responsible for transporting these drugs up to our area, packaging it, and then distributing it. And while it was a combination of a number of different drugs, meth, heroin, and cocaine, one of the more significant things that they were also responsible for trafficking were these counterfeit prescription pills laced with fentanyl. Throughout the course of the investigation, we seized more than 100,000 of these pills. If you went back a year ago, two years ago, you're talking that maybe 10,000 pills or even a 1,000 pill quantities were rather significant. To take off this quantity of pills throughout the course of the case is definitely noteworthy. And unfortunately, we continue to see these large quantities kind of flood our region and then all parts of the country at the moment.
0: So when someone purchases one of these pills, do they have any idea that there might be fentanyl laced within these pills?
3: What I'll start out with is that these pills are being manufactured by drug trafficking organizations in Mexico to look exactly like oxycodone, hydrocodone, Vicodin pills. And so while I can't tell you what's in the mind of every person buying it, it certainly is the case that these pills look almost exactly like you would get from a pharmacy. If you go back maybe a decade or so ago when our country was going through the initial stages of the overprescription of these pills. We were seeing folks die as a result of what I'll call using too many of them. You know, their respiratory system gets depressed. These pills, and this is again after DEA and tighter restrictions and more oversight on the diversion of pharmaceutical pills has taken place. Then we saw across the country a shift to straight heroin because it was cheaper. And then with the evolution of the opioid epidemic is that now what we have is that these pills are manufactured by the cartels and made to look like the prescription ones. Years ago, if somebody bought or acquired a pill from a friend or on the black market, there was more likely than not the chance that those pills would have been pharmaceutical grade pills that were diverted from the legal market, if that makes sense. Nowadays, though, as we've cracked down on that, the pills that are out there are these Mexico cartel manufactured pills. And there is literally no oxycodone at all in the pills the active ingredient is fentanyl years ago if somebody was to overdose that was a result of the addiction and accumulation of taking so many pills over the course of time these pills are so deadly because just on that very first time somebody can die
0: and it's a it's a very tiny amount of fentanyl correct like a matter of grains that can kill someone correct
3: so 2 milligrams is considered a lethal dose so if you were to picture two granules of salt or sugar, that is the amount of fentanyl that is considered a lethal dose. When these drug traffickers are manufacturing these pills, there's no quality control going on with this. So whether it might be in a garage or warehouse in Mexico and they're mixing fentanyl with some other type of uh, you know, cutting agents, there's no... Uh, where every pill is getting the exact same amount of fentanyl. In fact, we've seen in DEA's laboratory testing that you might get as little as, you know, none to a a half a milligram of fentanyl in one of these pills all the way up to five milligrams, which is twice the amount considered a lethal dose. When DEA's laboratory testing over the course of the past year had looked at the pills seized across our investigations, it was determined that two of every five pills contains a lethal dose. In this particular investigation, we, we started out talking about where we seized 110,000 of these counterfeit prescription pills. You're looking at potentially that we had taken off the street, yes, the 110,000 pills, but then a potential of 40,000 lethal doses of fentanyl. The precursor chemical pills nowadays utilized by the uh, Mexican drug traffickers to manufacture the pills is coming out of uh, the Far East, specifically China. They'll manufacture the fentanyl there from the precursor chemicals, and then they'll take it. And, and mix it up again with some cutting agent and then start pressing the pills. If you could imagine just what the major pharmaceutical companies goes through to have standardization of product and pills and quality control, that is not what's happening down South. So somebody who's taking one of these pills is really playing Russian roulette with their life because of the nature of this substance.
0: Is there anything like visually that you can tell that it's counterfeit?
3: There's no markings that are gonna, differentiate it. And whatever slight has been maybe a color or an anomaly or speckles or something like that, you got to remember the goal is for the uh, drug trafficking organization is to make them look as close to authentic as they can. We're not only seeing these in the blue oxy pills, we're also seeing these in Adderall pills where the active ingredient is methamphetamine.
0: Just to clarify, so do drug users, are they ever just seeking out fentanyl specifically? or is it always another opioid that they think they're getting?
3: Some do seek it out specifically. Mostly we're seeing it sold across the country in these counterfeit prescription pills, but then there is instances of people using the, the straight fentanyl powder. Over the last couple of years, what we've seen is this shift now to straight fentanyl. It's cheaper, There, are two of the drugs that the cartels are pushing more and more nowadays are methamphetamine and the fentanyl, and they're both synthetic drugs where if you were talking heroin, you're talking cocaine, those require sun, light, water, fields. It's an agricultural product where these are all synthetic drugs and they're cheaper. So for a more powerful high and for a cheaper cost, the user, the addict gets a more powerful drug.
0: Do you have any idea of how many non-fatal overdoses have occurred?
3: I don't have those numbers, but I think it's a very good question because the CDC had just come out with their most recent 12-month numbers, and it was a little bit over 100,000 people had died from a drug-related overdose. So I can only guess how much more significant a number of non-deadly overdoses are taken across our country. And I, I think those numbers are probably three, four, five times the amount, if not not higher. The sad part is is that some folks who are addicted to these pills, that it does not necessarily deter them because this is such an addictive substance that if they do overdose and Narcan revives them, they continue to seek out the substances even more.
0: Are there more government programs that are focusing on harm reduction?
3: I think it's a all hands-on deck approach to different facets of government, state, local, and federal. For us at DEA, our focus is definitely on investigating and targeting those most responsible for putting these drugs out on the streets in our community. And another component for us at DEA is to spread the message that we are seeing with regards to the harm being done by these drugs. I've been out there with other state and local, federal. Law enforcement members i have been trying to, with my folks, engage at all levels of education, grammar schools, high schools, colleges, to get out there and spread this word. Earlier today, I was looking at a 2014 timeframe across our country. We were looking at somewhere around 50,000 fatal overdoses per year. Then last year in 2020, those numbers went up to 90,000, now we're up to over 100. Overdoses were happening anyway from these other drugs. Fentanyl just has heightened that rise at a faster pace. When you start looking at heroin use in the past, there might be some stigmas associated with it in the sense of utilizing needles, or maybe you might have to go to a dangerous part of town, a dark street corner, so to speak, to acquire it. When it comes to these counterfeit prescription pills, unfortunately, they're readily available across our area, but even more specifically on social media. And one of the common places that we end up seeing it is on TikTok, Snapchat, some of the other social media platforms. So, where you might have years ago, not too long ago, had to go to one of those dangerous parts of town or a club or a party to acquire it, now we are seeing our youth, our college students acquiring it via the internet. And this is not the the dark net. I think, you know, the stigma is taken away with a drug that comes in as pill form, the means by which to acquire it is taken away when it's something that you can purchase via your cell phone and then probably the third component unfortunately is that the prices for these drugs are extremely cheap we used to see about a year ago that if you were buying one two of these in the denver area you were paying somewhere between 15 to 20 dollars a pill now that price has come down to eight nine dollars if you're looking at wholesale amounts These cartels are manufacturing these pills for as little as $0.04 and selling them anywhere between $1 to $2 in the region if you're buying 100 pill quantities. So it's a combination of all these factors that I think has made these more readily available to folks that they might be more willing to experiment with a pill as opposed to something where they're taking a needle and injecting it into their body.
0: As far as this being on social media, what, what does that look like?
3: Oh, there's a combination of code words or names that these pills go by. We've seen Roxy's or Blue's because these pills look like the M30 oxycodone pill. So you'll hear 30s, M30s, Roxy's, Blue's, we have heard Mexy's. You might go on to uh, you know Craigslist and you see a, a pair of blue jeans for sale that's uh, 30 waist. Well, that's not a 30 waist gene that people are trying to sell. That's just all the cur- code words and lingo for trying to market these in these forums. If you take one down, another one pops up. And I think for your listeners, whether it's parents or teachers or school administrators to think that this might not be impacting your household, your school, your college, I think unfortunately is a little naive nowadays because it's not unique to any race. It's not unique to any age or economic class. It unfortunately, ha- it spans the entire spectrum when DEA launched this one pill can kill campaign this fall, unfortunately, the slogan, you know, it fits. And I think folks sometimes hesitate when they hear me say that and like, oh, is it really that bad? And and, and the answer is yes.
0: Thank you, David, for talking with me today and sharing your knowledge.
3: Again, uh, grateful for your time and your interest in this story.
0: That was David Aleski, acting special agent in charge of the Drug Enforcement Administration's Denver Bureau, speaking about a recent drug bust and the dangers of fentanyl. For additional information, please go to DEA.gov. That's all for this edition of How on Earth. Beth Bennett and I produced this week's show. Visit our website at howonearthradio.org to find past episodes, extended interviews, and links in the show notes. You can subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.
1: Questions or comments, call the KGNU comment line at 303-447-9911. For How on Earth, the KGNU Science Show, I'm Beth Bennett.